Two movies enter, one movie leaves. This is The Great Movie Showdown. Today, we have Pixar's poster child. That's right, Toy Story, a movie about a small cowboy and a tiny spaceman and their grand adventure to be reunited with Andy. Versus Mulan, a movie about a young woman eager to protect her war hero father from being conscripted into another war against the evil Mongolians. That's right, the Chinese government is the good guys in this one, <laughs> Mulan. That is great. And the oh, Mongolians are like barely even human. That was so safe. Like, that's such a safe landing, Zach. I'm so proud of you. Honestly, like, there's some turbulence, and you just steered us right home with that. That was perfect. Can Buzz Lightyear and Woody defeat the girl that defeated the Huns and the force of a thousand rivers in this episode of The Great Movie Showdown? I'm your host, Zach Twitty, and with me today are Will Goodnow and Matt Smith. Hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> What's up, guys? Ready to talk about some movies? I, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing I want to talk about some movies, but uh, I'm more interested now in what that voice is you're doing. Oh, sorry. I was trying to be different. Oh. No, just be yourself, Matt. That's what we're yeah, doing. Yeah, dude, nine episodes. I, I nine episodes in is the time for experimentation. Wait, what? What, Anymore. Matt? I was just waiting for my reflection to show... Who I truly am. Oh, that was a song from the uh, movie. Oh, I see what you're doing. And okay. I just watched today for the first time in over 20 years. Okay. he's. I see what he's doing. All right, yeah. Matt. That was actually a cool effect used in that song when they had uh, when they had her like reflecting off the sword and reflecting off of the uh, yeah the uh, the polished granite stone of her ancestors. Mm. I uh, I appreciate so much of the animation in Mulan. I got to watch it again and it's just as good as I remember. I uh I would love to get into the best song Disney has ever made. But uh more to that. The girl worth fighting for? Oh, oh thank you, Zach. Oh, oh you guys are oh, no. that's beautiful. Oh, oh, oh. Absolutely not. No. Wrong. We all know what the greatest song Disney has ever made is, okay? Come on, man. Well, it can't be the one when Let's they're like primping her up. Business. That's okay. a pretty good one. To defeat Should we get into that right ones. now? Um, because that's a topic I want to bring up. They sent me daughter. Yeah, let's start off with the music. When I asked. Okay, well, we don't want a copyright strike. Come on. So, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to admit, I'll Make a Man Out of You is a great montage. It really like shows the story yeah. as a song. I know everybody loves that song. Everybody says they work out to that song. Will says that he works out to that song. I have. <laughs> yeah. And, but just as a song, like a standalone song, it is sadly my least favorite on the album i'm gonna do my quick ranking it goes number okay. one yeah, yeah. We're fighting for number two honor to us all what the f okay go ahead wait number is that that's the one with um, oh my god he literally the one from the beginning all bro like oh my god all right go ahead come on. Sisters, yeah i got it i got it go oh, come on I want oh to the yeah rest of the list. there's there's other three reflections okay number four i'll make a man out of you 
that's a fucking terrible list, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You always start number one. Who is that girl I see? That's number one, period. You got to do it. All right. That's Christina Aguilera. Oh, so that is. Yeah. No, no. Right. Yeah, no, you're right. Christina, not so much. But anyway, so that's number one, Reflection. Boom. Number two, which is my favorite song, like outside of objectivity, I will say like if I if it's my list, you know, Make a Man Out of You will be number one. But realistically, I'm just being honest, just to show my objectivity here, I will say Reflection's number one. Make Wait, are you saying like the list that everyone else would pick? Yes, I as feel opposed like that, to you, dude. If you're talking about, I like, feel like it's still biased by you. Oh my god, <laughs> I'm just saying. Like when you think of Mulan, everyone literally keeps doing like the "When will my reflection show?" Like it's that. That's the song that makes more sense for. Like, I honestly don't remember that song at all. I remember making a man out of you. Oh my god, that's that everyone you're always on hypes crack. Up. Got it. So you're both on crack. Okay, that's fine. No, that's okay. No, dude, no, I just no, haven't really seen this movie in 22 years. <laughs> I it, yeah, it's a good tune, and maybe the Christina Aguilera like makes me not like it that version because okay, yeah, that's fair. Before. Yeah, and. I don't know. I feel like that song's also responsible responsible for making her like popular. <laughs> Not like I have anything. Are you disrespecting like Genie in a bottle right now? I don't know. I'm just indifferent. <laughs> Any no, of those people like uh, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Mandy Moore. Oh, I don't. No. They're okay, but okay. Not well, my cup we, of tea. Well, now but, we're talking um, about- Pop idols from the early two thousands. You seem kind of ups- You can't. You seem kind of upset about honor to us all, and I. I just love that ensemble. It's, it's a decent like. You can now argue over girl worth fighting for or honor to, to us all over three and four. But honestly, your first one has to be reflections. Second one has to be make a man out of period. Like I'm sorry, I, that's literally it. There's no discussion to be had. Funny, we can take enough, for like honor to us all. I remember listening to it like before I had a job interview, like to go play. I don't think I did it on purpose. Maybe it just came off shuffle, but I found it inspirational. Even though, even though Mulan, <laughs> she ended up failing. And technically, I ended up failing in my head. I thought I did absolutely terrible, but I did. I feel like I, I ended up getting the job. I work there currently. And uh, <laughs> but I like the lie that was like, keep my father standing tall. And like, ancestors, hear the plea. And I'm like, I, I, I got in, I, not make a fool of me. Like, I, I took inspiration <laughs> out of that. It's oh like, come gosh. on, ancestors. I want to bring honor to you. I want this job. I've been working at Publix for too long. Oh, I can't. I can't breathe. <laughs> so, like, I literally, Zach, I'm literally picturing Matt getting, like, dressed ready for this interview. <laughs> this song. Like, oh. I, it's so great. So, I'm pretty oh. sure it was, like, a couple days before that I was, like, <laughs> pondering my interview. Like, it was always. Did you write your notes on your forearm? <laughs> In Chinese. Yeah. 
And somehow my lucky cricket jumped through the webcam and somehow started attacking my bosses and spilled tea on them or whatever that cricket did. The cricket put a Fu Manchu mustache on your boss and lit their hiney on fire. Okay, I have to give you guys a fun little factoid. The voice actress who does the um the 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 lady, what is her character's name in the movie? The matchmaker? Yeah, the matchmaker, right? That is the same actress who I shit you not. Please do yourselves a favor. Go see a great bad movie called End of Days starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. In this movie, this voice actress, she's actually, she's got like an actual role in the movie, fights Arnold Schwarzenegger and like throws him like on top of a, uh, like a piano and like pins him against the wall. It is one of the most comical fight scenes <laughs> in movie history. I wish I was kidding, dude. The movie's super serious. I won't get into the plot of it, but it involves Satan like coming back on New Year's, whatever, right? End of days. It's the whole point. And Arnold Schwarzenegger is the only one who can stop Satan. And this lady, this little old lady, this pudgy little old lady beats the ever-loving shit out of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And it's funny. I literally, I was like, okay, now I'm watching a comedy, I guess. I don't know. That's what I remember. When I saw, when I heard her voice, that's who I saw. And I'm like, oh my God, that's hilarious, dude. And it was. I checked it on IMDb. It's the same actress. Enjoy. Okay, I'll, I'll at least look up the YouTube video. Please. Uh-huh. It's so bad. It's funny. Oh, and George Takei was the first ancestor. Which is hilarious. But now I totally see that. Um, I like the fact that uh, the the guy who plays um, the love interest. I'm trying to find. Oh, Captain Lee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Shang. No. Is that who I'm thinking of? No, Shang was the bad guy, right? I think so. I'm trying to see, remember who it is. Because all I remember is it's the actor from uh, Law and Order SVU. Nobody knows who that is. He's he's the uh, the guy. Well, there's a lot of actors actors on it, but he's the the science um, criminal science guy. He's little. He's really cool. BD Wong, BD Wong. That's right. I'm on IMDb, and um, yeah, BD Wong is him. And I I couldn't believe I was like, oh wow, that's awesome. I love it. Wait, was Lee Shang the bad guy, or who was the bad guy? Um, I forget his name. I remember he was scary. Are you talking about the Mongolian? Sean Yu? Sean Yu. Yeah. Sean Yu. But um, no, no, no. Her love interest, the guy who's supposed to sing the actual song, make a man out of you. But I don't. I think they use like another actor to sing. Um, oh, somebody else. Oh. Sing. But <laughs> are you ready for? Oh yeah, that's why it's Donnie Osmond. Donnie Osmond. Okay, I was wondering why there were two names there. Okay, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, and look, Leah Salonga. I forget that they would have someone do the singing voice. That's why you gotta join it. the Wikipedia gang, where it says B.D. Wong is Captain Lee Shang, singing voice provided by Donny Osmond. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, but now that I've laughed until I couldn't breathe and mm-hmm. I had a minor heart attack, I guess we're gonna just talk about um, Mulan. Yeah, let's I, let's do it. Do, what, do you want to just talk about the songs first and get those out of the way? I feel like we, we went in hard on those songs, um, but we can go a little more in. But I, I mean, throw some plot in there. There's a lot I mean? to talk about in the songs. I do want to bring up transitional a elements for though. Go ahead, yeah, go dude. I found myself listen like yeah. having that song in my head all day <laughs> after Please, watching the movie. Go. On. I want to hear your impassioned um, discussion about that song. Go ahead. It's a good song. Okay. I think it. I've. Uh, that's like a go-to song on my Disney playlist when I'm making trips to Disney, and whenever that comes <laughs> on, I like picture a situation in my head where we're doing that song for karaoke, 
and I have like at least four people with me and I give everybody a part. Oh my God. But I, I could totally do like the main person. Like I practice. What an oddly place. specific. It's a, the drive on I-4. It could be, could be a tough one. You could run into traffic. Sometimes you just need a girl worth fighting for to get you through. Oh my gosh. The fact that you're manufacturing a situation while going to Disney of like a karaoke incident a where perfect, you've got... No, no. I'm saying it would be a perfect song. I'm like plotting a karaoke night to sing A Girl Worth Fighting For. And I'm pretty sure I went to a karaoke place and I asked for that song. And I was going to do all the voices myself yeah. up on the stage just because I went by myself and I don't really care who like sees me. But they didn't have the song or else we could have got like some sort of epic video for our twitter or website <laughs> oh my god i just right. I, I love that guy's voice it, Which it's one? like so the main singer the what do we want a girl we're fighting for i, I can sing it better than that when the song's actually playing so, are you trying to impress the the subscribers <laughs> what are you trying to do no i'm just trying to say like i i, I just made a statement saying that i can do my voice to sound like that, but I didn't do it then. So, <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm gonna have to do it for karaoke just to prove to people that I can. Yeah, actually... man, you're gonna have to prove it and post that video on the Great Movie Showdown right. Twitter, which you, the audience, can follow right now. Give us suggestions. Do you notice how that Twitter. song, like how it ends, <laughs> it's like a girl worth fighting, and then the music ends, and then you see the destruction of the town. It's actually a really good, powerful freaking transition that I kind (laughs) of want to go into a little bit. Go ahead. Come on. Yeah, it feels weird that this is like the first thing in the movie that we're talking about. Let's do um, it. Yeah, you just have this rapid tonal shift from this goofy cross-dressing soldier thing and that whole kind of goofiness of the film up until that point, pretty much. And then you see the ravaged village just that just looks like it was consumed by these Mongolians, essentially consumed and eradicated and just all burned down. And then the doll that, uh, that Sheng drops down mm-hmm. or Sean Shen. I don't know what it, how to say his name. Are you talking about the Mongolian? Yeah. No, 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 yeah. No, no. Oh, um, no, this that's Sean Yu. Sean Yu. Sean Yu. Yep. Saying that right. Sean Yu. Yeah, I'm terrible with um, pronouncing that. <laughs> but yeah, then it's like you feel the weight of everything guy. with everybody there. It just takes a serious like switch and then it's just instant. They don't have a bunch of dialogue or anything. It's just, oh, this is the true destruction of them right after that goofy song. And I think that it's uh, that it's was like just kind of a smart move, you know. Telling them we got to be serious now. No more singing yeah. about being. Yeah, in the now we're in the front lines. A village was burned down. Everyone's dead. There's no sign of anybody. There's no. Uh, I think like the captain died too, or what's his face? Uh, oh, the um, general Li Chang's. Yeah. 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 His dad, dad died. died. Um, so that was sad. That made me sad. Well, I mean. We could actually go a little bit deeper into that because that's that's one of the things that watching Mulan again, I just kind of took for granted because obviously I saw it when I was a kid, when I was a lot younger. So watching again as an adult, I was so impressed by the film's like cold open too. Like it opens almost like a a throwback to like a really cool introduction to like a Bond villain almost because you had you're oh, up on the yeah. Great Wall and the soldiers there and it's a great sequence where the mongolians are you know shooting their pikes up the wall and they're climbing and you know that guy has a great line it's like now all of china knows you're here and it's like 
it get you get that dramatic start to the film and you're like, wow, yeah. what kind of movie am I watching, dude? Like this is this is like an action film, like a yeah, little I wasn't expecting funny that. that you say that. Like I remember like I I watched the movie probably like twice before and then I rewatched it last week. And after I saw that scene and maybe the time where he was like shooting like the two, like there's two messengers, so he killed one of them. Oh, and I was yeah. like looking at Disney Plus, I clicked it to go see the rating. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is rated G. Okay, that makes total sense. Because it's because it's all off-screen violence, though, because the thing is, you can insinuate it that it's a pretty mm-hmm. dark thing, but you have to remember how the scene takes place. Is all he says, how many, um, what do you say, how many messengers do you need to deliver a message? And that yeah. great line is yeah. one, and he draws back the bow, but you never even see him release the bow. So, I mean, it's, it's really, really crafty filmmaking. Mm-hmm. That is clearly like not a movie like the, the I have to give shout out to everyone involved with this film for going, yeah, this isn't going to be that movie where you just put on to kind of like, you know, distract the kids. The adults are it's also going to to me. It's not like I feel like they, they had in mind that the um, the adults would be watching it, too, that the adults would want to watch it. And they oh, would definitely. Be engaged. And yeah. that's what I mean. Like, it's such an engaging story and the directing is so sincere. And I mean that to the utmost degree, because the tone should be all over the place. Like there's, you've got Eddie Murphy doing this great comedy get, um, I'm sorry, comedy bit. And it, and it works. It fits in with the overall tone of the film. Yet it gets, yeah, so dark Eddie Murphy is great in this movie. Right. And that's what I mean. Like it, the movie should fail on paper, everything from, okay, we're going to have the musical set up like done for the first, literally like 70% of the film in the back end of this movie, we're going to completely almost make you forget that it was ever a musical. Cause then we're just going to lean into the action part of it. The action adventure segment where there's literally no more songs. Like after I think it's a girl worth fighting for, there isn't another song, like any other sequence like it at all. That's it. And there and technically going, is a reprise at the end. Correct. Thank you. I'll get into that at a later Make time. a man out of you. Yeah. Because yeah. we all dress up to do the cross dressing thing, which is really funny because it ties in the two songs. It ties them together, which is, you know, they all got to cross dress and they're manly as they're going up the, uh, the pillars. Um, I got that once again, really good. It's, it's, it's what they call like a multi-layered storytelling where like, there's the overall arc and there's inside and then there's like connective tissue between scenes and like when scenes can rhyme within certain concepts, it's really cool. Um, I was going to say, but yeah, the, actually the song that is my favorite, which is make a man out of you. Even then the animation style is even different in between, um, sequences when you've got like, um, going back to the beginning, um, ancestors here, my plea, all that stuff. It doesn't get too kind of fantastical with the art style. It just kind of takes you through like her getting ready. You know what I mean? Like as far as like dramatic coloring and then like you get into, I think what's the next sequence. It should be make a man out of you. Right. Yeah. And then when you get to there, that is the most dynamic sequence to me because it, it feels like it goes into a montage, but also like the sequences remind me a lot of like, um, be prepared from, um, uh, Lion, Lion King. King, yeah, I don't know why I'm I'm stumbling over my words here, but okay. in Lion King, it's the one sequence where it almost feels dreamlike in its art style. Like the colors get more dynamic. Like think of um, I'm using Lion King as an example of when Be Prepared came on. What do you guys remember most? The color scheme changed. Like, the I remember the hyenas marching like Nazis, right? Exactly. But I'm saying even the lighting, right? Like the Nazi yeah. march, right? And the the lighting and the color, like where really bright yellows and green. 
Right. Yeah, Everybody's you know, like a sulfur plume. Correct. And like they used it to make it kind of fantastical. Now it starts to feel like a musical. And if you go in to uh, make a man out of you, it's kind of the same thing. Um, it basically changes its style up to where you get a lot of deep reds, you know, then you get the silhouetted, um, art style when they're all kicking in rows and stuff. And like, even down that, right. It's not Nazi March, but still you get, you know, a wide shot of everyone kind of in sync doing like the kicks and the, the training and stuff like that. So it's, oh. it's just really interesting to see like the style changes even between animated, um, song sequences. Yeah. And it, like once again, I'm only showing that like the, craftsmanship involved with this film like on paper none of that should work it shouldn't work and yet it does to me like i think mulan is like well, a really well-made film like it's actually oh, really really good it's top tier. Yes. i think well, I mean, it's if probably you look at like... that Sorry. oh no go ahead zach go ahead zach if you look at that sequence i mean the training montage sequence takes what full metal jacket took 40 minutes to tell you <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of them at basic training. No drill And then here you go, you have like a super fun hopping song where the whole thing about getting the arrow and stuff. And then when she uses the weights to get up there, you're like, yeah, take that. Like right after he tells her, you'll never be a soldier. Go home. You suck. Yeah, exactly. And you get that great. Dude, that literally pumps me up every time is right when that happens. Back up, pretty go home, you're through. How yeah. can <laughs> I make a man out of you? And then like the 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 chant comes, right? The start. Oh, man. Yeah. And like yeah. you you get the great intercutting of her like climbing up and stuff like that. Dude, that, that I pumps think, me off. No, Will, it works great as a montage. I just don't like it as a by itself song. Like it's kind of like that's fair. Like, you're but, wrong, like, but it's fair to have that. But opinion like watching it, right? But watching yeah. it on the screen with what's on the screen, it works really well. I just don't like it as by yourself, something you listen to. Right, and like, I mean it's, it's almost it's okay. the same. It's just like a bit repetitive, and it's right, right. Like exactly. too many yeah. bridges and too many, like re- too much awesomeness. Yeah, yeah. It's just not for you. Like, like time to do the, the yep. Huns arrive. Like yep, it, yeah. Yep. Amazing. I don't know. That's greatness. I mean, yeah. it's I setting mean, it's up great. all the stakes that you sort of already know. But... And it's like Donny Osmond. Didn't he like sleep with his cousin or something? Wow. I don't know anything of what you're talking about, but okay. No, Donny Osmond was like the singer for that. Right, but I'm saying like whatever he did in his personal life has nothing to do with the Disney song, I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know there was to, like, I'm I know there's some controversy. Point. Yeah. There. What? Explain all of this to me, of Johnny I guess. Bravo. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Donnie and Marie like slept with his sister or something. I don't know. Okay. Wait, Donnie and Marie? Donnie married his... I don't know. It was a Robin Williams bit, remember? Yo, Mr. Mar- Mr. Miyagi plays the emperor. I didn't know that. Pat Morita. Mar- oh. Holy crap. That's Mr. Miyagi, dude. I like that. I didn't know that. Okay, sorry, I intercut with a random factoid for everyone listening, but I I promise you it's worth it. Well, hey, that's what this show's about. It's about learning and laughing. Yeah! Here at the Great Movie Showdown. I don't know why I'm plugging the show in the middle of the show. Why not, So let's talk about Eddie Murphy real quick. So this this is kind of a weird weird thing that Disney seems to... I remember when I first saw trailers of this, I thought they were kind of like just pulling from the have like a weird non-human character yep. like they did in Aladdin 
that just kind of has an excuse to tell bits that don't necessarily fit with the time or the culture. Which is still true, by the way, of this character. I think that's exactly Absolutely, what his purpose yeah. is. But anyway, continue. Where he like twists up the cricket to make him like an alarm clock and do Correct. this weird stuff. And I don't know. I mean, like, I guess all the bits work, but they also feel like they work separate. Like he's doing this weird stuff that nobody seems to notice in the movie, much like Genie when Genie would talk about like cars and game shows and do stuff and everyone would just kind of be oh okay i guess that's a genie thing i guess yeah and that's how i feel like they're 70s game shows are things that genies do yep no i i fully understand what you're talking about yeah. and the only thing i can say is it's kind of like a known model at the time i mean and then mm-hmm. you know he would get a chance to do it again with shrek and um in this film though it, i i can't say anything except like it works because once again, well, yeah, I think it works. The filmmakers did such a good job of balancing the tone, and he is a part of that. Whereas you're getting someone like Eddie Murphy, who can be really kind of a, I hate to say it, but like he can actually really emote even like underneath the jokes in certain scenes when he needs to. But like, perfect example mm-hmm. is they're intercutting that final scene. I know we're jumping around, guys, but follow me here. If you guys don't know the overall plot of Milan, then you should watch it while you're listening. Get your life together. Um, or watch it before you listen. Yeah, like get your life together, dude. Um, but at the end of Mulan, you know, we get the great um, showdown between her and um, Sean Yu on the rooftop. She's led him there. It was a great little chase thing. And in, intercut in between that is Eddie Murphy's character um, um, going up to this uh, tower, I guess, facing the the roof where um, oh, he, like the ancestor shrine. Guys. No, no, no. He's um, he's going up, and the guys have all the fireworks set up because it's a big celebration. Oh, right. And he's that like, crazy. Like, oh, what are you? He's like your worst nightmare. And it's so <laughs> yeah. great. Is the next time you see him is like he's already on the roof. He's got the big rocket yeah. strapped to him. His voice is like the audience's voice. It once again like things that pump me up is literally like when she's like, "You ready, Mushu?" And Eddie Eddie's delivery of the line, which is you know, "I'm ready, baby." I love him so much for that line delivery. I do. It's it's it makes me laugh every time. It gives me a good chuckle. I love it when he's like yelling at the crickets, like, and you're not even lucky. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then like yeah, his little he, relationship with the cricket is great. He comes off a very shallow character in the beginning. <laughs> like just, yep. just very all about himself and also kind of inept. Well, I mean, let's remember he basically kills the dragon in the beginning. Oh my god! That's yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really the dragon weird. that's he supposed to protect the family. <laughs> Not just that, but he is definitely inept. Like the movie, once again, you know, sets you up to where you have a, a your main protagonist who clearly is on a mission. And how do you set up really good stakes where you're like, oh boy, this isn't going to end well? Right. You kind of give her the inept guardian, and and you just set those stakes even like personally higher because you know the whole concept has been set up with bring honor to us all, and she's doing a very wrong thing if you want honor for your family which is which is funny okay yes this is great um i did a little research on uh mulan Mm -hmm. um as far as the fable and it is based off of like chinese folklore the uh the ballad of mulan was actually like a long form poem think of like uh the iliad or uh the odyssey like homer stuff it basically the same thing for china it was a big deal but um, what we know of Mulan was pretty much in there, and then it was um, put in like a novel form. Um, I forget the author's name, but I do remember one crucial detail, and this is the fun, is we all remember like 
she did this for aunt to, to protect her dad. And, and as the legend goes, um, it has one ending where her dad survives, but that's not usually the ending most people stick to. And I could be wrong oh. with this, but most people know it as like, she's gone for 12 years, gets all this honor and comes home and her dad died. Well, well, she was gone. <laughs> wow. Like as she comes home and you know, it's like this, it's kind of sad tragedy where like her mom was forced to remarry. Um, the darkest version has literally like not only did her mom remarry, but um, the emperor then decided to call her back to be one of the concubines. And she'd rather kill herself than be subject to being a concubine. Oh my God. She saved China. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it is a real, it, 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 that guy, that author who wrote that version of the story, I just want to have a conversation with him. like, dude, why are you so depressed? Like, why do you need- Well, when was this written? Like, oh my God. What, like 3000 oh. years ago. Dude, um, well, when was the Great Wall of China? It wasn't that long. No, 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 no way. Did I save any of that info that I? You guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm going to try to find it. So let's talk about the cricket real quick. Talk about that. So anyway, and the beginning of the movie, the whole thing that the whole reason that all the stuff with the matchmaker goes wrong is because of that that gosh darn little cricket that her grandma or her mom give her and like hook onto the little cage and the cricket kind of runs rogue and screws stuff up so really it's the cricket's fault that all the dishonor is brought on her <laughs> pretty much i mean she was kind of inept to like going in there no, and I, clearly like, yeah. didn't didn't give a heck about it but the cricket was the catalyst of all that she would have done fine so really yeah, it's the yeah but maybe the cricket like by screwing everything up gave her a better ending because i don't think she wanted to be a housewife or whatever well right absolutely i really liked the dad character actually in the beginning i felt like he was really wholesome when they when i don't think he was like comes home well in like oh the the ending you mean you said the beginning before everything gets weird when he's like sitting with her on the bench after she comes back having screwed up and then he's like oh look the cherry blossoms are coming in and that one's not quite in yet but i bet it's gonna be the most beautiful you what don't about, have to what about be the, on par with everyone else right now like you just like, figure your you shit brought out. shame okay, on you guys me by, by, by trying to protect me uh, that line well yeah that was later the, no that uh, was before that scene no it wasn't oh it was later i'm sorry yeah you're right Excuse me, guys, and listening up, audience, bro? curious audience. Um, in nine, in 1593, the playwright Zhu Wei dramatized the legend as the female Mulan or the heroine Mulan goes to war in her father's place. And that's the one I was referencing. That's the title? The heroine Mulan goes to war in her father's place? Right. And then the one with okay. the darkest version, it should be the Su Tang Romance, a historical novel written by Chua Renhua in 17th century. So that would have been what, like another, yeah, like another hundred years later, and yeah, you guys, that's 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 well, the. Uh, I think the legend itself well, started it around that- the Ming Dynasty. Oh, I'm sorry, North Wei Dynasty. In I shit, you not goes from 386 AD to 557 AD. So oh, these <laughs> dynasties were insane. So wait a minute, is this the oldest Disney story? Oh, man. I assume Hercules would be older. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Hercules. I think so. I'm not that great with world history. Um. Well, yeah, because Caesar and all that. Yeah, that would have been BC times. Yeah. 
before good old Jesus. <laughs> Which movie uh, do you think Jesus would pick? Let us know in the comments. Oh, or on Twitter. Probably on Twitter. Uh, but I I'm, think right, so Woody you would make a good Jesus. <laughs> um. Anyway, so back to back to the father. Yeah, I mean, you feel you feel for the father, like when the conscripts come out and they're trying to conscript all the soldiers and whatnot, and everyone from every family is like signing up, like I will bring honor to China, and you see him give his cane to the mom and then try and like walk without his painful limp. Yeah. And it's kind of a little bit, a little bit like water, watery eyeballed there at that moment. Oh, man. It's when he's really trying to do the sword scene. move and he falls. Nationalism's a hell of a drug. I swear, <laughs> dude. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I, I just find every single piece to be um, so, so affecting. Like you said, like even, even that sequence mm-hmm. and then like where she's, you know, she's begging like, oh, my father, you know, you can't, you see that? And. You know, a woman speaks and he tells her, you know, yeah. Mulan, you dishonor me. And it's a really effective scene because whether you realize it or not, and obviously we know kids wouldn't realize it, but the adults, once again, this movie being also for the adults, recognize the stakes. Like there's more than just, you know, someone's yeah. physical harm. It's also like it is. It is their honor. And it's not just played for laughs, even though the sequence with the ancestors and Mushu's introduction following it is really great. It's funny. But, you know, the emotional core, the weight of the situation on the characters is not lost in the storytelling. And it's really well done. I mean, right. that that great score, that that iconic score to me. Um, the music in it's great. I love oh, it. Dude. And then, like, when she's literally doing the transformation, right? When she's putting on her father's oh, armor. Yeah, with, like, hair. the weird synth. Yes. The, like, 80s yes, cyberpunk dude. sounding synth music. Yes. That's so good. It's so like, oh, it's just it's badass. It's like similar to like John Wick, dude. Yeah, it did feel very John Wick. And I it felt like it was maybe a little, yeah, a little maybe out of place in, um in feudal China. <laughs> no, man, she's a badass getting ready for war. About to go down. It's awesome. Mulan's about to whoop everybody's ass. I want to bring up Mushu again. I know you guys already brought him up. No, go ahead. And, and you even brought up Donkey. But so I know we're not comparing comparing Shrek to, with Milan, but like they <laughs> but like you are. Go, yeah, they kind of go hand in hand, like me as a viewer. Most so, people wouldn't assume that, but you do. Go ahead. No, okay. I love you. So I watched Shrek in theaters. That movie came out in 2001. Yeah. And I've watched like all the other Shreks. So I'm like really familiar with Donkey. And I watched Donkey like as a kid. But with Mulan, I watched for the first time maybe one or two years ago. And I got to say, like, Mushu as a side character is a hell of a lot better than Donkey. Wow, you're coming in with the hot takes, dude. Dude, that is a pretty hot take. Yeah, Mushu's actually, like, funny. And Mushu's not annoying. Like, maybe Mushu's, like, a little bit annoying. He's not made to be annoying. Yeah. but Donkey's whole entire thing is, hey, I'm annoying. Look how annoying I am. Yeah. I'm annoying it's like, Donkey. Hey, Shrek, can I inconvenience you in your home? That's true. And also, yeah. uh, let's not forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you guys don't know, Donkey made sweet, sweet love to that dragon. <laughs> to that dragon. He gave that dragon the Whoa. business. <laughs> Wait a minute. And Eddie Murphy played a dragon in the movie prior. Oh, man. So does that mean Eddie Murphy basically made love to himself? 
I think so. On some kind of artistic level, I've no that doubt dragon that. was also red. Yeah, I yeah. know. I think, guys, I think we've, I think we've opened a great movie can of worms here, <laughs> in the great movie multiverse. <laughs> and also, Shrek was a movie making fun of Disney movies. Yes, much. Yeah. Oh man! For Shrek. those of you that don't know, Farquaad was based off of Michael Eisner. And yep. um, all of the the fairy tales in Shrek, I'm sure we've talked about this on the show before, but all the yep. fairy tale characters were meant to be like super gross um, amalgamations and See, uh, caricatures of the Disney versions. Like that's why Pinocchio looks looks like he has some kind of disease. It's it's pretty fantastic to see Jeffrey Katzenberg be that petty. And it's funny because that's what when we get into talking about Toy Story, that's one of the horror stories behind like how we got what we got on the screen for toy story because at one point they they went to jeffrey katzenberg for like this is going back before they even started animating anything it's just with storyboards and panels and Mm -hmm. katzenberg literally just destroyed every idea they ever had and he tried to take over the movie and he he was the one who like would say that you know no have woody do this this and it like where you got woody to be so unlikable yeah, that even Katzenberg watching the final product up on the screen, he had bullied John Laster and the animators into this, and he goes, "Oh, this just this is just bad," <laughs> and it's it's pretty it's pretty funny to hear you guys. I I, I can't believe we tied in Shrek because it's right. It's like Katzenberg being the middle finger, and he's he literally almost destroyed Pixar before it even started. <laughs> yeah, like he almost did it, man. But Michael Eisner gave him the boot. He he outlawed him. Which we should do a whole podcast on because that's really fun. We could. There was uh what was that documentary? Because there was a documentary about that, I think. Oh, there, there was. I forgot what we were sort of talking about it earlier. But <sighs> I don't I'd seen like part of it and where you saw the original Toy Story animations where yeah. Buzz was like he looked like a bobblehead doll. Mm-hmm. And all of the characters just looked not great and kind of scary. And yeah. they basically remade that movie twice <laughs> before they released it. And I can only imagine how, I mean, the crunch on the animators on that must have been insane. Oh, dude, that's the thing. is, So they had two weeks to flip it. Like they, they had this horrible um, screening of like their their rough edit, right? Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, for anybody who, who wants to know like animating movies, if you don't watch, needlessly watch the uh, behind the scenes stuff as obsessively as I do. Um, they they basically panel everything out. Literally, there's a big board. Sometimes it's an entire room where they do shot for shot what the movie's going to yeah. be. And then the animators go in, they hand draw it, and then you know they just project it like a screening for everybody involved with the production to see, okay, is the story fitting? And sometimes they're graced with the voice actors actually being able to voice some of the dialogue. Other times it's mostly people in the production who are voicing characters just to get the actual story up on a screen, look at it from shot you know, the first shot to the last. And they did that with Katzenberg's fucking fireball of a, you know, dumpster fire basically. And it was horrible. And so literally Disney was going to pull the plug. Um, and Steve jobs at that time was trying to get back in with Apple. So like he wasn't really there to financially support them that much anymore. He was kind of in and out of the office. And so Lasseter and, uh, I think it was Lasseter, Andrew Stanton, Pete doctor. And I, like I said, I keep forgetting one other, um, Basically, like uh, the brain trust, the original brain trust of Pixar, they all pitched to the studio and said, well, we can do this in two weeks. We can come back with the movie ready to go. 
in two weeks, like we can flip it and we can get this done. And then we can all start animating and actually making a movie we want. We'll get you the story. And they did. They did it in two weeks. It's, was this was when pure insanity. Like, Woody was so unlikable that nobody yeah. liked Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Woody I, I think was just I like a bully to all yeah. the other toys. He literally, in there, uh, in what I would dub, I'm specifically dubbing it. They never did. But I'm saying in the Katzenberg version of the sequence where Buzz falls out the window, it's literally Woody going to give Buzz a handshake. And he does like a judo move and throws him out the window. <laughs> And then closes the blinds behind him like nobody saw. And yeah, I gotta say, around. this way is a lot more creative. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, amusing it to watch like, as a child. But I, like, the point is, is look how significant that is for the character. That at one point the character is literally trying to push the other character, or literally throws the other character out the window. And in the opposite, you have him trying to get him stuck like underneath the desk, not out the window, but like I guess whatever, get him just, like, like lost knocked off in the, the room. Table, yeah, yeah, and instead he ends up getting knocked out the room, and that allows us to sympathize with Woody's character way more. He's not as big of a jerk as literally wanting to throw Buzz Well, out yeah, because in, um, in that, he was just trying to hide Buzz from Andy so that he would go to Pizza Planet instead. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that was the whole thing. Like, he thing. wasn't trying to just murder like jealousy. Buzz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. He was just trying to to inconvenience Buzz a little bit. Exactly. Woody was just hungry. He wanted some pizza. It happens. Dude, Pizza Planet. <laughs> also, that Pizza Planet truck made a cameo in Coco. <clears throat> yeah, yes, that yeah. happens like all over Pixar. Yeah, movies. I know, but it's... when I saw it, it just made me happy. So, <laughs> Pizza Planet is in uh, is multinational company. That's good to know. Nice, yeah. dude. Um... I feel like I'm going to have some Pizza Planet tonight. <laughs> so, okay, you um, guys how? have you you got... Disney, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Do, Do you what? guys want to like? Like wrap up Milan, and then we can get into Toy Story. Is there anything yeah. else? Um, did I got we like talk one about more the thing. Mongolians. No, we did not. We did not talk about the villains in Milan. And how uh, they seemed inhuman. I've never met a Mongolian, but I feel like they probably look a little more uh, human than those guys. Yeah, they remind me of like orcs from Lord of the Rings or something yeah. like that. <laughs> totally, totally. He had like those demon eyes, and then when they come out of the snow afterwards, right. like zombies. Yeah, it's like Chinese propaganda. Dude, like, we're not even yeah. fighting humans, especially when you see, like, <laughs> when you see Sean Yu's character specifically. I couldn't help it in my mind. I was thinking of Christopher Lee from Lord of the Rings as Sauron. You know, yeah. my fighting <laughs> Like they do. He, the character design is it's intimidating. It works. <laughs> yeah, it works. Some superhuman. <laughs> it's like, it looks like a Batman just... villain or something, like from a yeah. cartoon Batman. Actually, that's another thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about. I don't know why, but this animation style that they chose because there's so many characters with like the black hair for obvious mm-hmm. reasons and like the color tones in the later part of the movies, particularly the mountain battle. And then like, I don't know, something about the deep blacks to me, give me Batman, the animated series vibes, like in the latter half. I want to say the Maybe that's why. Well, yeah. this would have, that is contemporary of this. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. even uh, Mushu has that like Batman joke that he does. Ah, that's right. What when he, he comes say? up with the glider. And yeah. He's like, I'm your worst nightmare. That's right. That is literally oh. a Batman reference when he does yeah. it. Citizens, I need your file, Powell. A Batman reference, allegedly like 1500 years before Batman. Which once again gets a very good Zach. Yeah. Like it ties right into the point you made. Like he's. Could you imagine Batman. being in feudal China and then making a Batman reference? 
You know no, what's I funny can't. About I've that? literally never pictured that before. No, but you know what's <laughs> funny about that? Not to not to go completely off on a tangent, but this is how much of a a nerd I am. If you guys haven't read uh, the Once in Future King by at school, did you guys ever read it? I read it on my own time because I'm that much of a nerd. I don't it, think so. But it reminds me of uh, if you go back and read it, Merlin makes a lot of references to like future events and World oh, War II yeah. and things like that. He talks in a different lingo that Arthur can never understand it's because Merlin can like understand things from he literally has seen the future. And you know, it's a great it's a great little character bit from that novel that I really enjoyed. That literally I've never seen that version of Merlin ever. Like usually either he's like super serious wizard guy or like way too comical and nothing overfits or like most of the time it's just super mysterious and yeah, it's not fun. But anyway, I have one last thing. That's what I remind me of. I have one last thing to say about Mulan. Go. Yeah. So I feel like the ending is kind of weird. And Uh, I don't think I like it. It just seems weird. Like, yeah, you have to be specific. No, just the, like she basically them going in and kidnapping the emperor like that whole entire thing just feels it just feels dumb. Like for a movie being super serious and like that's their plan. And how many Mongolians actually survived? Because like it feels five. like they have like less than ten. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's like what's what's their end game? How are they able to sneak in and kidnap the Let's Emperor? Not go to the dragon. Yeah. No, but like the whole entire there's a whole entire city. There's probably what thousands of Chinese people there for the parade. Well, and the only thing I can say to that is, um, and I can't speak to my excessive knowledge of Chinese culture or anything like that, but I would assume the emperor at that time, like there's a lot of, I only have a lot of cultural references based off of like literal, like old Hong Kong style action films that I watched. Some of them by Zhang Yimou. I'm not going to get into it. Just I'm a movie nerd. Bear with me, you guys. The um, Chinese emperor and his family, you know, particularly like his wife or concubines, the emperor himself was seen as divine, like heavenly, you know, godly, things like that. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that the the villains of the film are also thinking the same thing. Well, you know, if we can literally capture their god, they'll do whatever we say. And I don't think he's making such a, a strategic decision so much as an emotional one, right? He's lost his entire army. His goals are gone. So at least he's just going to kill the emperor. I think yeah. honestly that's what his Which is what he was set out to do before the army was set to invade the uh the imperial city. Right. It just, just seems so weird. Like they're so powerful, then they're defeated, and then we're we're gonna get the emperor and their whole entire plan. Like we're gonna dress up like women, we're gonna go climb up there, and then we're and then we're just gonna pretend like we're women and bonk them over the head. And I'm like, okay. I know it's a kids movie and but yeah, it's I think, a, I was gonna, yeah, I mean it almost feels like they could have just climbed up there. And didn't have yeah. to dress up. It just seems like weird because I feel like the majority like of the movie is fairly adult and like serious. And then at the end, it's like, oh, now it's all crazy. And we dress up for women as women for no reason. And like, yeah. hey, our emperor's kidnapped. Let's take 30 minutes to get dressed. Like, <laughs> I, well, I mean, the movie makes it happen pretty quickly. You don't know if it took 30 minutes, but yeah, I could see your point. Yeah, I, and this is like a stupid nitpick for an animation movie because, like, you can literally do that. It's just something that, like, the like the movie's brilliant. Just like the yeah. the endings, kind of like okay, like I yeah, probably could have done that better. Like, I thought yeah, you were I mean, talking about like the, probably uh... made. Oh, sorry, Zach. Go ahead. I feel like maybe there was an earlier version of this where they didn't destroy all of the uh, the other soldiers beforehand, and more of them did. 
did end up helping to overthrow the emperor. And in that case, it would make sense to need to sneak in like that if there's 40 or 50 uh, Mongolians holding the palace hostage. Right. But if there's like five, I feel like you can pretty much go toe to toe. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could tear the palace apart. Like with everybody, like it's only only like the people that Milan know that are even trying to help. Right. It's kind of like the Atlantis thing where we only see all of the characters that aren't your main entourage. We're just just black shadows. All of the other Atlantean explorers. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say or like men I, in gas masks. I truly believe that you guys were like, I thought Matt was going to say something about like after yeah like that's what i was expecting because like i was expecting him to say something about like do you guys remember the emperor giving um shang like a, a nudge like almost like dating advice he's like hey <laughs> Anthony, oh yeah you don't meet a woman like that every dynasty and it's like <laughs> okay really the emperor's just gonna give him okay all right that that makes sense but hey she's technically a treason she's a treasonous wretch but yeah. you go after that yeah, you get that. And then, you know, that literally ends with him showing up. And then, yeah, we get the Disney mold where it's like they knew each other for all of like maybe five minutes, actually. We what do you know. mean? They went to war together. I guess. I mean, nothing breaks, like he, nothing breaks a bond like that. Exactly. But once do again, you guys you know, like think about the awkward moment where they're undressing her, like they could choose a man like, oh, yeah, like, they, they did just skip over that part. Advantages. Well, yeah, they had the medical dude there. Yeah, that was kind of weird how it did feel like everything went really fast to that point, at least pacing wise, where, oh, you have my trust now, Ping. Oh, no, you're bleeding somehow. Not not exactly clear how. And then she's like in the medical tent. It's probably that damn cricket. She's bleeding. She was bleeding um, from uh, Sean Leon Yu or whatever the heck the villain um, cutting her after she shot the um, Yu. Yeah, Sean Yu cut her right after she shot the um fuck, was it the shot that went into the mountain uh, that caused the um, the fireworks. Yeah, yeah, and it blew the side of the mountain and then we get the uh why am I having a brain fart? Whatever happens when snow moves fast down the mountain, you guys. Landslide, uh, an avalanche. whatever. Yeah, avalanche. the avalanche happened. Landslide. Whatever. I don't know. You've just been know. listening just to that. a lot of Fleetwood Mac. Exactly. Landslide down. Nice. Um, I might be wrong, but I swore that she did take some damage and then like the whole action sequence afterwards. Well, I mean, if she would have got cut, wouldn't her clothing have been cut over her? Yep. She had like armor though. I think. Yeah. More armor. This is than, a like, kid's clothing. movie, you guys. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. Are you it guys did ready? through her armor. Should, I just want yeah, to let's, let's hop over to Toy Story and then we'll do some final, some final comparison. Okay. 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 Go for it. Yeah. Can I take a bathroom break first? Beep. Oh, hey, Matt, and welcome back to the Great Movie Showdown. We're going to switch over to Toy Story now. Uh, Matt, do you want to start us off? The Toy Story? Um, not really. I, like, my points are not really that interesting, but if you want to hear them... Yeah, yes. drop your yeah. first point, and we'll discuss it. So, <laughs> my first point that I have, it's the first thing that I have written down about Toy Story... And I'm embarrassed stating it. Like, this is all I could say by watching Toy Story, a movie I've known practically my whole life. It is Mr. Potato Head and Ham, thumbs down emoji. (laughs) What? 
Why? They just annoy me, that whole entire movie. Oh my god, dude. I, I just Dare hate, you. they're just like, I feel like none of the problems would happen if it wasn't for them. Go on. They're just like, they're just a bunch of little dickheads that are just, at, maybe I'm just like, <laughs> like, you know how there's Bernie bros? I'm like a Woody bro. Where I oh just, man! I just yeah, like as far as Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Yes, he's literally trying. Just let him go, Zach. I don't okay. want <laughs> I just go defend on, Woody, no matter like if he does anything wrong, I just completely ignore it. Maybe it's because I love Tom Hanks so much, but I'm like, <laughs> you guys just are fucking everything up. Like you threw the, you threw Woody out of the, out the room. of the, the movie, and you dropped the cord, and I'm like, you guys. And, like, it really annoys me when Mr. Potato Head goes, like, what if I end up becoming Andy's favorite toy? Will you throw me out the window? I'm like, delusional Mr. Potato Head. What, like, in what reality would you become Andy's favorite toy? <laughs> like, oh, here's this potato that I've had for years, and I'm going to be better than the Space Ranger that he just got. That's the hot new toy. Oh my god, like, dude! As a kid, that that line always annoyed me. It's like you make no sense, Mister Potato Head. Yeah, that's a fair point. I'm not gonna lie; I can't even match you for that. It's actually a legit point. <laughs> that's really funny. No, I like Mister Potato Head. I like him too. I could just understand mass frustration with it, but no, I love Mr. Potato Head. Actually, he's going to be the focal point of, I guess, my uh, main thesis of this movie is everything I said about Mulan, about the animators clearly want to make something that the adults will watch too. Uh-huh. Pixar took that and made it their foundation because when you're watching this film, it opens up with basically like what's going to be like the staff meeting. And what what fucking five year old, six year old, eight year old like knows anything about a staff meeting? What child above the age like? Come on, man, nobody knows that. So that format right there is like completely. Oh gone. yeah, it is so but weird like, watching it, it as is, an adult is, and watching exactly. it exactly. Yeah, because so watching it as an adult right. and the humor, the humor is so different now. It's so different because we've all been there. We've all been to shitty um, work meetings where everyone has to get in line and then like the, you know, the boring read throughs and stuff like that. And like, um, I remember he says something about, um, Miss, Mr. Spell leads like a group. I said, he was like, thank you, Mr. Spell. And, like how plastic erosion. It was so, yes. Oh my God. It was so <laughs> great. Like it was, it was such a refresher. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so glad I watched this again. Cause now I get to enjoy all the other little bits of comedy. And speaking of Mr. Data head is that, that great little uh, silent uh, moment where he takes his mouth off and uh, starts kissing his own ass when he's talking about um, um, what is it? A uh, slink compliment Woody and stuff. And like, see, kids, kids are good. that's probably gonna whip. Oh, yeah. I don't do that. I don't remember that scene. He did. I remember he that. He did it, dude. He did it, and it's it's so you remember great. Zach. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, God, how I missed that? And then obviously the. Um, there are so many iconic scenes in Toy Story. It's not even funny, dude. Like, where do we even go from here? All right, so like, so cut forward next, to Buzz no. being out the window, and they're at the gas station. They're under the truck. That great argument between Tim yes. Allen and um, and uh, Tom, Hanks Tom Hanks is is amazing. Yeah, like I'm gonna forget who the fucking father of America is. Um, <laughs> George Washington, dude. He's Americans. He's America's dad, dude. Tom Hanks is literally America's dad. Fight me if you want, but just get over yourself. Anyway, he's a national treasure. He is like I don't care what anybody says, but um, um, my point being, 
he I don't remember Tom Hanks being this like animated with his voice in this movie. And I was like, wow, he's like really going for it because that argument underneath, he's got that great line where he's like, you are a toy. You are a child's plaything. Yeah. And it's such a great reading of the line. I love it. Like I just was immediately a kid again watching. I'm like, damn, yeah. that gets me every time, dude. That whole fight is so funny. I love it. And you're a yeah, there's a lot of goofy stuff, like flicking his helmet on and off. You yes. could have killed me. Um, <laughs> was it the, the one bit where he spends the first night in the toy box and the shark comes up and says, look, I'm Woody. Howdy, howdy, howdy. And the physical comedy of that the great delivery when it's like you hear Tom Hanks being like, aha, 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 give me that. And like, if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, please go watch it again. There's such great. I mean, everyone knows what you're talking about. It's exactly. I hope you haven't. There's something a little wrong with you. And go back and and pay attention to how Woody moves because he literally moves like his limbs are made of cloth fabric and stuff. Yeah, he he. Yeah, they are very heavy sort of. Right, but you know what I mean, Zach. Like as animators, they could have just not done it, and maybe we would have been okay with it. Like we wouldn't have paid attention to it because technology at the time. Well, I think part of the whole thing about this movie was making making these material simulations feel real and have all of that yeah that feel organic like that's why it's a movie about toys and not a movie about people okay, because well, the that... tech wasn't there yet it's like See, if you watch indie movies about um robots and stuff as opposed to weird cg monsters Zach, they tend um... to look a little bit better because robots can be rigid and have like reflective surfaces they don't have to have all of this extra texturing work done on them like you would if you have an organic character or creature that you're trying to simulate is absolutely right and zach i would like to now give the floor to you and express to us here at this wonderful podcast about your nightmares that were had because of the uh human animation in this film particularly um andy his mom uh the baby. Oh, the baby. baby. Oh, yeah, Molly. The dog. Molly. Um, let's talk about uh, Sid's animation, his sister's animation, because they did not. And it was funny. I was watching. Oh, I forgot he had a sister. Yeah, and I was watching with my girlfriend. She literally turns to me and goes, they all look related. They all look the same. <laughs> they do. <laughs> the dog like, looks ceramic. Yeah, the dog. Man. Oh, my oh, gosh. Yeah. The dog. So let's talk about Sid's house real quick. Isn't it? <laughs> It's weird how in TV and things they always they always insinuate the bad house to having wood paneling in it. Like that's where <laughs> that's where the the abusive like angry kid lives. Oh my god. The bully lives in like the house that has wood paneling on the inside. You know? <laughs> Am I the only one that's ever noticed that? I don't think you know I've noticed. I, I think you paneling. are. I'll have to pay more attention to it now. Because I mean that's true isn't it his house has all the wood paneling although maybe because he's in like the attic yeah well that's that's the idea is his room is up there and the, but the thing is, is it's level with andy's room so you're not assume what where's andy's room and well, yeah know. but andy's room doesn't have wood paneling on the walls yeah yeah yeah. this is cloud wallpaper okay i i i mean i honestly i wasn't even paying that much attention yeah to the back. Me it was more of like Paying attention to the background, the sense of like the lighting and like the drama of the sequence, which is the the toys that are all messed up, like the Frankenstein's toy lot that are introduced as cannibals, and you find out they're actually really sweet and they're yeah. other toys. Which that is helps. kind of the opposite of the Toy Story three toys, where they're all 
Yeah. They're all like maniacal a-holes. Yeah, there's a whole system. Literally Nazis. The the kind of um, through line for like Mulan and Toy Story would be that they do such good jobs of juggling different tones because Toy Story to me, it introduces a little bit of like the horror aspect yeah. of it with the toys. And then obviously when we see things from Sid's perspective and um, it's it's fantastic. Like it fits. It's perfect. It's done so well that like you get to laugh at it but also like it's been nightmare fuel for at least as for me as a kid i remember it scared the shit out of me is the reveal of the uh the spider baby as i call it (laughs) the spider baby freaked me out man not gonna lie like first time you saw it i always freaked oh yeah 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 dude yeah that that and the putting the dinosaur on the head on the dolls really i got you You have a dinosaur body or the dinosaur head on the doll body. Like, and I think they even like play horror music during that scene. Oh yeah. yeah. And have you guys like ever used the line, like even like jokingly, but uh, she's lying. Everything she says is not true. <laughs> I feel like I've used that as a kid. I was going to go with the other Really? Line. In what context? <laughs> well, like when your sibling is telling on you. Have you uh, used that on Chris? Yeah, that just tells me a lot about you, Matt. Honestly. Well, I, obviously, I don't say like, oh, I probably maybe said it as a joke, but I feel like I've used that line before. Yeah. I've had a long life. I don't remember everything I've said. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if Matt remembered everything that he ever said ever? Oh, oh no. What kind of hell would that be? It, so, would, it would be interesting because he's so like no bad. one should have that power. No one man should have all that power. No. Says Kanye. (laughs) Anyway, back to Toy Story. Yeah. The movie that basically made Uh, Pixar. Yeah. So So. the important thing to remember is that this was Pixar's big kind of like coming out party that they they had been working on this for such a long time. Diana Ross. Mm -hmm. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, basically the life or death of this startup studio animation house was betting on this movie. I mean, it's very much to give anybody else any kind of context. It's literally like when Iron Man came out for Marvel. If Iron Man, yeah, yeah, we would have no more Marvel Studios, no nothing. Marvel would be shit. But luckily, Disney might not buy it. Marvel would be DC. Yeah, right. And it would have gone nowhere really fast. Like that's it. Like um, Kevin Feige put his own money into it and all that stuff. And it's the same thing with Toy into Story. Marvel or into Pixar? No, into Marvel. I don't want to confuse people too much but yeah just think that they hedged all their bets they put all their chips in one basket and they bet against you know they bet against the house they bet on themselves and they won out and they deserved every every second of it but um what what can we say that hasn't been said about toy story i feel like people have been talking about this movie as like a masterpiece for years i I can bring up my notes that i have if you sure. want some more gems like Mr. Potato Head and Ham, yeah. thumbs down. I'm going to say this is like a hot take, though, for you, Matt, because uh, you're usually the one with the hot takes. I'm not going to lie. Toy Story to me is not Pixar's best Toy Story movie. Like, even though it gets the credit of being first, it doesn't mean that I like it the best. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I, I think it's it's more credit to all the other movies being so good. Exactly. You exactly. have so much to choose from. I'm pretty sure Rotten Tomatoes has them all at a hundred except for the fourth one. Huh. But I know I know for sure the second and the first one are at a hundred. That means every critic liked them. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like <laughs> for every third... critic that that they used. 
Like the them. third one is definitely the best of the Toy Story movies. So real to quick, two. I wanna I wanna point out while I still have the Sid Google page up on the Disney Wiki, it says, uh, <laughs> "Oh my gosh, it says other names: Happy Child by Buzz, <laughs> Alignment Bad, Later Neutral." And that was that was all. That Maybe later say. neutral because he has a cameo in Toy Story three. He's the garbage. Well, I think guy. it was because uh, Woody and all the toys basically haunt him. So then he's like, okay, yeah, I would assume so. Yeah. But I just love that other names. Happy Child is in there <laughs> when Buzz is looking child? through the binoculars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I, I think Buzz like him a whole entire the whole entire time of him being the Space Ranger and saying mm-hmm. all the weird things is like often like overlooked. Just all the yeah. funny things he he says. I know it's like an old trope, like somebody that's not in their environment and using different well, yeah. language, but it still works. Like he has a weird name for like. Oh, tape. it absolutely works, and I love it. <laughs> I think it's very well done in this film. How Woody at first is just wants nothing to do with all of his bullshit, with all of yeah. his space man talk, and well, just a stick is- of him. Yeah, 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 it is so interesting to watch it as an adult and you see that, like, I don't know, as a kid, Matt, I'm with you. Like, I was on Woody's side the entire time. As a kid, I didn't understand the complexities. I was just like, what, man? Woody should have been Andy's toy, man. Forget this this space guy. Like, I didn't even really like Buzz. Oh, I was the opposite. I thought the spaceman was cool. I honestly could care less about any Buzz or Lightyear or yeah. going to and beyond. I was all Woody all day, son. And, and then I got older and I realized, like, Woody's a dick. Like, dude, chill, man. You kind of had your time to shine. Like, he is a dick, but I don't know. Again, I'm going to say that. Like, Woody can do no wrong in my eyes. He's like the Steve Jobs of this movie to you. Woody works in mysterious ways. Oh, my God. Woody Woody just tells it how it is. And if if you can't hang with Woody, then that's just on you. (laughs) Exactly, right? Pretty much. Oh man! I—I I mean, I don't think he's wrong. Like maybe he's like how he's addressing everybody, and obviously he's jealous. But like the things that he's saying aren't wrong. It's just everybody's buying into Buzz, and he's not, and that's yeah, what that's... makes him look like the bad guy and the weird guy because well, he's not right. actually fine. Right. Well, what's interesting about this one, and I said this to Zach kind of earlier, mm-hmm. um, was this is the first. Pixar movie, I get all that, but like it's also the only one to me that doesn't have too much of an, an emotional draw to it. Whereas Pixar would later come to know, like literally, they're gonna make you laugh and they are definitely gonna make you cry. They're gonna hit you in the feels. Toy this... Story to me is kind of like of the Pixar classics, like top tier Pixar. This one is straight comedy all the way through. It doesn't really lean too heavy into the emotional stuff. Not really. I know some people would, you know, say, hey, it's all subjective. Like when, you know, they're on the rocket and, hey, what do you just got to believe? Yada, yada. And like that great scene. Well, yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like the other Toy Story films, they do have a little bit more of an emotional pull to them where this one, it just it just feels like a fun adventure pretty much the whole way through. It feels it feels very self-contained where the other ones, they do feel a lot more like you're looking at a bigger picture of something and it makes you afraid. Zach, here's a good comparison. It's like Raiders of the Lost Ark versus The Last Crusade. Like, that's a good comparison there. Like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I don't know. I feel like they were very different. 
Last Crusade, definitely more heart to it, like a, like a lot of emotional stakes and stuff like that. That's what I would say. Raiders of the Lost Ark is a better movie. I Oh, fuck off, dude. I'm not going to argue with you about this. Guys, come on. <laughs> We're here to talk about Toy Story. and uh, Yeah, keep us not, on track. Not Indiana so, Jones and the Crystal I want Skull. to respectfully disagree with Will's point. I think yeah. that does have like an emotional aspect to it and a relationship aspect. I think like the fact that it's creating like one of the biggest bromances and I would say like at least top 10 in like movie history, maybe. Yeah. Like Buzz and Woody, like they've all there. It's that's an iconic relationship. They're like really good friends. And that's just mm. kind of like the birth of it. And like them getting to know each other and like coming to an understanding, but also you can mention uh, Woody's relationship with Andy and how much he cares for Andy, and even like what's going on with Sid and like his home life and how crazy it is. Like I remember like watching this as a kid all all the time, but my mom would always want to watch like the second one just because she hated seeing Sid and like just thinking it was child abuse. No, Sid is. I don't know why he's not talked about in the upper echelon of Disney villains. Like Sid yeah. is a horrendous little bastard of a child. Like yeah. he is horrible. You hate him from the go and his introduction is fantastic. But literally when they are in his backpack, that shot from their POV, when he puts the alien on the dogs, like little, you know, the top of his little muzzle there and then immediately tells him to go and you hear the squeaking noises and the dogs tearing up. You're like, Oh, Oh, I fucking hate this bastard. Oh, I yeah. can't stand him. Like, I, oh, no, this is it. This kid's horrible. Like, no, nah, man, he needs to die, like, right now, yesterday, even. <laughs> I, like, dude, Sid is horrible. <laughs> and I still love the contrast between, like, Woody that, like, knows how bad the situation is, and Buzz is still, like, thinking about Star Command and yeah. <laughs> Zerg, all this other stuff. And, yes. Like, still in his own little world. Right. Oh, which leads me into the next best scene. It's my favorite from Toy Story. My favorite scene is after Buzz has fallen, right? And the, the arms off. And oh my uh, gosh, that's the most powerful scene. Like, oh yeah, maybe but, in no, like any after, movie ever. After that, like I get that that's really emotional, but like oh, the Mrs. The Nesbitt attack, scene. Yeah, Nesbit, Mrs. Nesbit. Oh my god, dude, the tea party. You see the hat. You see the hat, dude. Like I am Mrs. Nesbitt. Nesbit, you get that? Ah, and like literally, it, it's caps off with Woody literally taking down his shield and smacking him with his own hand. It's yeah. genius. It is. There's just, like, I think there's crazy. like a part in that scene where like Woody notices like the door is open, and or I've never heard this line, but I've like heard it rewatching it. Buzz going on like, did the hat look okay? I know the apron's too much. Like he still cries. Yeah, like, yeah. At least you like the hat. Like, like oh, he's like, <laughs> it's like oh. such a weird thing to cry. Like asking Woody about how the hat looks. Yes, I love that whole thing, man. It was yeah. so great, dude. I, I, it killed me every time. And then obviously it leads into when Woody's trying to um tell everybody else, hey, look, you know, here's the line. You know, we're here. I got Buzz with me. And he turns to Buzz. And he's yeah. just like, we, you know, he's like, you are not helping. Will you please just give me a hand? And he literally throws his arm up. <laughs> yeah. He's ah. using it as a spaceship. Like, emo Buzz is so great. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> That's what I mean, man. So great. It's 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 the best buzz of the entire series of films. Like it's buzz at its greatest. Well, I mean, I feel like it's it's that's like buzz at his lowest is that moment. Because oh. like he, he thinks that he's this space ranger galactic hero, and then he tries to use his jetpack and falls, busts his arm out. Yeah. That's like you realize that everything that this crazy cowboy has been saying to you is true. Oh. Which is weird because why wouldn't he just be sentient from the get go? If he's going to do that, why let Andy play with him at all like that? See, yeah. And that's the other thing is like, I know we talked about like the kind of glaring plot hole errors and like the ending of Mulan and other scenes. But the one thing that got me was that is that why wouldn't he just be sentient from the jump? Like, why would he ever fake, you know, being a toy? Like, how would he know to do that? Is it something like the movie doesn't have to explain it because it doesn't make it any less of a good film. But it's just it's interesting because it's like, why wouldn't you just... I mean, you believe you're this guy. Mm -hmm. You could have given us a scene where, like, maybe someone threatens him, like, look, you know, the giants are coming. You have to pretend or else or something. But they never give us that. So, like, we just, we're just left to wonder. (laughs) So, I feel like they're playing, like, two different things where, like, they're saying that they automatically freeze up, like, it's in their toy DNA. Yeah. But also, there's, like, the iconic scene where Woody talks to him. And like ba- basically said, breaks yeah. the yeah. yeah, so it like we don't know what the rules are. That's yeah. true, but that's also the only time in the entire series that this happens. That's true, well, maybe, which is also weird. Maybe it's supposed to be like, um, like it's like an automatic response, but you can fight it if you actually try, and like Woody right. knows how to fight it. Well, can, I think also they probably didn't plan on making four of these. I don't like, think, I think so they either. just think planned we... on making the first one, and then that was going to be it. Yep. And yeah. more importantly is uh, I always go back to whenever I see like an artistic choice over a logical one, I always go back to Matthew Vaughn being questioned as to what he was going to do with X-Men First Class. Like, hey, are you going to stick to this to the mythology or whatever, the chronology of the films? Are you going to do this, do this? You know, Magneto's character did this at this time, whatever. They were all asking about you know, different X-Men characters, who's going to be in the movie? He goes, I don't really care. And I'm not going to let anything get in the way of a good story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's kind of, I feel like that's, that's what I chalk it up to when we talk about like, did, why didn't Buzz do this or the logic choice of this? Or how does that work with the toys being sentient? But not, it's like, who cares? The stories are great. The overall, yeah, it's yeah. a good movie. <laughs> that's really like why when I watch movies, I know a lot of people when they watch movies, they know like when the plot twist is coming and, like you, they're watching Shutter Island, they know the plot twist from like the yeah. get go, or they're watching The Village, they know the plot twist from the get go, and like I feel like me, I just shut off my brain and I'm just like entertain right. me. And that's the best way to watch a movie. Yeah. Like if you're just watching a movie to find a reason to not like the movie, are you really like? What's the point? There's maybe something else in your life that's just making you be an angry person. And maybe you need to uh, check and reevaluate your choices. Angry people that just want to be angry at movies for the sake of being angry and not just like, you know, try and chill and relax and have a good time. We're looking at you, Cinema Sins. Yeah, Cinema Sins, calling you out. (laughs) I I would actually be like legitimately scared if they heard this podcast somehow. And, yeah. and then they like 
like we started like a like a rap battle with them, a podcast battle, and yeah. they've started yeah. insulting us. Oh, so this you know this dumb little podcast with 100 downloads thinks they can talk <laughs> shit about us. Exactly. <laughs> We're not inviting hey, Twitter followers. Cancel the great movie showdown. <laughs> oh God. Cancel culture. Like, activate. Oh, oh no. We made a joke about feudal China. Yeah, that's it. We're done. But no, I will I will cap this off with um one of the first um things I read from Roger Ebert was what movie was he talking about? I think it was like I could be full of shit, but I know he was talking about it. <laughs> He's Bram not alive Stoker. to correct you. Right. Like whichever film it was, it was either Bram Stoker's Dracula, which was like, you know, everyone was talking about there's not really a plot, whatever. It was one of the films like that, or it was another one at the time. And he just said, he's like, it's not what a film's about necessarily all the time. It's usually how it's about it. Like, as you guys said, sometimes you just got to let the film tell you what it's about, where it's going, and just kind of go with it and stop judging it and looking for things to be wrong with it or exactly. Like, start understanding the film as, like, art and just be like, well, why did they make that choice? Like, before you go and criticize it, just just give them the benefit of the doubt. We're not talking about Michael Bay here. We're talking about, you know, filmmakers at Pixar who make really Oh, good- dude, give Michael Bay the benefit of the doubt. Fuck no. No. Absolutely not. Love Pain and Gain. I I love Oh yeah, dude, Aqu- Pain and Gain. Was that Michael Bay? It was. Yeah. Oh, shoot. For me, I feel like that's up there on like a top-tier movie as far as pacing goes. Pain and the and Bad Gain. Boys movies. Uh, Bad Boys 1 and 2 for sure. Sorry, go back to your point, Will. Oh, no, no, no. That was it. Honestly. Okay, we, cool. Yeah, 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 we got it. We got it. But no, I was I was just going to say Michael Bay, uh, The Rock, honestly. For some reason, I tried to rewatch The Island. I thought The Island was, was really good. But no, it That's the one with uh, Obi-Wan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ewan yeah, McGregor. Yeah. The only thing good about that movie is uh, the score, the title song, I Am Lincoln, whatever it is, the, the song that is in like a million trailers. Now. Lincoln, Six Echo. Yeah, like that movie is not as good as you remember. So do yourself a favor, just keep. I it just in remember the trailer. Yeah, the trailer. I remember. I remember watching the movie once and then being like, "Oh, that's scary." It kind of reminded me of um, looking back. I watched this recently. Logan's Run. It definitely oh, had like these weird Logan's yeah. Run vibes to it. No, it does. And then speaking of being chosen to go to a better place, um, the aliens, the iconic. Oh, well, Will, you're a professional. It's official. Oh, my gosh. Yes. The little green men. You've been chosen. The claw. Where they go in there. And he's like. (laughs) I I, once again, I was sitting down with Kayla. We were talking about this. They're so good. I love them. Um, Not to just sidestep the aliens you guys can talk more about them but the scene in and of itself we all know that fucking claw does not grab anything that well for him to just <laughs> oh, yeah. to grab buzz like that and then literally have woody pulling on it and it just grabs both of them and pulls them. i'm like yeah right pixar <laughs> yeah fucking right yeah yeah no. pizza planet must be out of business if that's how they get rid of all their stuffed animals Oh, dude, that claw was the best claw ever. I want that, man. You know how much money dude, we the lost? whole Pizza Planet design aesthetic was super fun. Yeah, it was. Could like we there's, talk about Indies? It, you're like, there's no way a place like this can exist in real life. It's just <laughs> with the with the whack-a-mole version of it where he's whacking the aliens popping out of the yeah. chest. And everything's so mechanical and everything. And um but about the the little green men. So if you guys remember the Buzz Lightyear of Star Command series, 
that came out after Toy Story 2, where it was the Buzz Lightyear. I remember that, yeah. Yeah. And in the show, and I guess the animated movie that came with the show, the aliens are, they're just called LGMs for little green men. (laughs) And they basically like run the command center of Star Command. They're like the tech analysts and everything. But I just always thought that was really funny that they were called LGMs. And they have this hive mind. They have the unimind <laughs> that connects them all together. How do you know this from the show? No, the, well, this is from the animated movie. Okay, okay. But then they kind of talk about it in the show too. And the whole premise really of the like animated movie. You the Disney animated shows. Well, it's I've watched it like probably more times than I should. But I really like that universe. They do a lot of just fun like goofs on traditional sci-fi and stuff in that show. I remember but the all whole the premise of looking weird like they're all like different looking oh they are well hey matt that's how it is in real life too people are different looking but anyway so the whole plot of that movie was um zerg steals their hive mind and he touches it and uses it to like control different planets and then he just shouts evil rules that's (laughs) (laughs) i got nothing because i'm like listening i'm so intent i'm like what is this? How did I never see this when I was a kid? I never yeah, it's Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the movie. Yeah. Oh my god. Nope. I think it was like a straight to DVD thing. Sounds like straight it. to VHS. I want to, but check it out. It's fun. Up. It's a fun time. <laughs> I want to. It's actually up. probably on Disney Plus. Probably. Yeah. How cool is Andy's mom? Uh, what do you mean? I, no, is I'm this going to go to a weird place? No, no. Just like the, the whole entire like, oh, my birthday decorations. Can we leave them up till we move? Yeah. And then also like all this packing is making me hungry. What do you say about Pizza Planet? I'm like, I'm like, oh, you go, Andy's mom. I, I assume she's a single mother and she's. Absolutely. Yeah. You never see uh, Andy's dad. She's in- like, oh, wow. We're going to. Irony. Some note. I like that, Matt. Yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, she's she's awesome. Like, yeah, this is a wholesome little I like it. I, I want to know like what her job is that she can afford all these two story houses on one salary. But they probably live like, in like middle America where yeah, where that's like possible. Now we're talking about the economic status of Andy's mom. Probably like Indiana. Okay. Yeah, okay. Let's say that. <laughs> let's pick our movies guys <laughs> well no we've got to figure this out we've got to figure this out We're, i do uh, uh i have like one more thing to bring up i think yeah just like like the plot breakout breakdown okay. of this it seems like i don't know it, it feels like a lot happens but a lot doesn't happen it's sort of like buzz comes in woody doesn't like buzz Woody goes to Pizza Planet. Buzz follows them. They get lost at Pizza Planet. They go to Sid's house. Then they go back home. Like that's, I mean, I guess if you break down any plot like that, like you can make it seem like you can make any movie sound like not a good movie if you just talk about the plot. Well, yeah, I mean, like it's like he goes here, then he goes there, then they go to Sid's house. It just really movie. It just seems like (laughs) nothing much really happens, and that's most movies. So I was gonna say no, Matt. I know what you're trying to say, dude. It's that the stakes for the characters just don't actually seem that high. Yeah, not Not even that. Just like I, I don't know. I guess if you break it down, the Big Lebowski feels like there's more stakes than Toy Story. (laughs) 
And that's well, a movie about a guy getting his rug back on. home, which I understand. But I, I feel like maybe the other movies have a bigger like stakes in it. Where like oh, a bug sure, there's like there's more like B plots and stuff like that. And also like because I watched the Toy Story movies as a kid growing up, mm-hmm. which is different than a lot of these Disney movies, which like sometimes I watched as an adult. I've always <laughs> this is gonna sound dumb, and this is just what Kid Matt thought. But like watching these movies, I was just getting like sick of them, just always leaving the house. I'm like in my head, I was like, "Can't we just have a movie where you guys just hang out in the room and you like that's your plot line? You just hang out together." I'm sick of all of you guys splitting up you all the like time. Clerks, <laughs> that's what you want. Clerks, <laughs> on Clerks, uh, Toy Story edition. Yeah, I can see that. I'm like trying to figure out like what the plot would be though. <laughs> like, oh. I, I I literally I guess what I what I wanted was like no conflict, <laughs> just them hanging out together and being toys and just them interacting. Like that's what I wanted, rather than a conflict that like a goal that they all needed. I don't know. It's not a movie, Matt. I know. I, that's why I said as a kid. Right. But no, I, I can break this down very easily. To me, if you are comparing even Toy Story to like other Toy Story films, let alone Mulan, which we'll get to, obviously. But like <laughs> in, in Toy Story 2, the biggest theme about it is realizing that you are like bigger out there in the world. Like Woody comes to terms with the fact that, oh, I, I really I mean something to a lot of people, not just Andy, but I, I also have a lot of. I have a home where I have a whole, you know, like line of toys and stuff like that um, based off of me. I have a show. It was great. I was something. I was really somebody more than just Andy's toy. I was something else. I was bigger than that. And it, it weighs heavy on him, you know, where he makes a personal choice to go, well, you know what? No, I like my friends. I do like Buzz and Jesse and everybody. And I want to stay. And you know, he brings Jesse back home to Andy's. And then Toy Story 3 um, is then learning to kind of move on from Andy, right? Like now he's you know, we're introduced to, to Bonnie's character and it's basically like an, an ending of the age. And so all of these kind of toys that have been played with are now kind of seeing what happens to toys at the end, right? Like it's all coming to an end. That's the whole point of it. Huge emotional stakes for the characters. And then same thing with four. We're now, Woody makes a personal choice to say, look, you know, I'm going to be a lost toy because now I've outgrown that. You know what I mean? I'm, I can't just be some kid's toy anymore. I want to go out. I want to be my own toy. I want to be my own person. It's a big deal. Toy Story, which started it, is basically him just getting over himself. Like, it's just an asshole learning not to be so much of an asshole. Like, that's it. That's the plot. That's what... That's a pretty good out. plot, though. Isn't that, like, s- similar plot to, like, uh, Schindler's List? Uh, not necessarily. <laughs> not more... <laughs> just an uh, asshole realizing that I, I'm gonna need to stop being an asshole. Stop being a Nazi and help the Jews. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, Matt, man, just those, oh, man. All right, so are we are we ready to vote? Yes. <laughs> Way to go, Matt. Oh, God, so, we're going to end it on that. Toys, we just have to make, make some kind of correlation to the Holocaust. Let's do that. Let's go there. Isn't that, was that the music? No, that sounded like the Harry Potter theme. Oh. Which was also done by John Williams, so oh, close. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm 
ready to vote. All right. Who wants to go first? Well, mm, I don't know. You guys can you guys can go first. Personally, I definitely feel like um I feel like have you guys played Civilization? No. Okay. Well, Civilization is a game where you create a civilization. And in talking about like these two movies, I definitely feel like uh culturally, if you're going off of a cultural victory, I think Mulan would probably take it. But if you're going for a technological victory for what uh this movie did for cinema and for like the industry as a whole, kind of switching from 2D to 3D animation, I I think it'd be fair to say that Toy Story would be the winner there. But that's completely impendent on uh, which victory you want to take in this case. So yeah. I will turn it over to you guys. Okay. Oh, I think exactly. I will go just because I really, I, I already know what I'm going to pick. And I really enjoy the suspense of like trying to figure out what you guys are going to pick. <laughs> so I will go. I am going to pick. Now, before I say it, it was a very tough decision. But I think I'm going to pick Mulan. And the reason why is I just think, like, as an overall singular story, it's better. I like all the music. I, It's just, like, a fun story with fun characters. Toy Story, Toy story obviously, is, like, a very good movie and, like, great cultural impact and, like... Mm-hmm animation and just like in pop culture everybody knows about it it's it's obviously a bigger movie than Mulan but I just think like Mulan as a movie going up against Toy Story 1 is better and I and it's gonna sound bad but I don't feel like that bad getting rid of Toy Story One when we got four other Toy Story or three other Toy Stories in the bracket, and one of them already made it through. And I don't even think Toy Story is my favorite Toy Story, and Mulan is. I I really think Mulan's probably like the last great Disney Renaissance movie wow. like, that you could actually like put up there with the Little Mermaids, Beauty and the Beast, uh, Lion King. And I mean, I'm pretty sure like those are like the big three Aladdin big four. Yeah. And I think like Mulan is like probably like the, like the only other Disney Renaissance movie that you could like make an argument to be in that category. And it's also released like a couple, like all those other movies were released like within like three or four years and Mulan's like kind of by itself in its own little island. And okay. Yeah. So I'm going to pick Mulan. All right. All right. Well, um, I, I have to be honest, man, as a kid, you know, uh, I watched Toy Story obsessively and I watched Mulan a, a lot, but, I, I have to admit, I've seen Toy Story now way more times. Even now, the fact that as the years go on, gone on, I've watched Mulan more. It still will never beat how many times I've wore out cassette tapes of Toy Story. Um, it was so iconic. And the sense of humor really is very much me universally. But um, 
it's not me as a kid. It's 30-year-old me. And 30-year-old me has to be honest. I objectively think Mulan is a better film. I, I have to admit, comparing it movie to movie, I I also have to go with Mulan. I do. I like Mulan a lot better. Oh, a lot man. more. Will, I'm sorry mm-hmm. to... I think you're already finished, but there's another point I want to make about Mulan. (laughs) It made me think about it is like the whole entire thing with like, like a trend that I noticed with Disney movies versus Pixar movies is Pixar movies have like story development. They have heart. They have like reasons for why things are happening. And I think Mulan's definitely like one of the best Disney Renaissance movie that actually gives you that like emotional aspect to it. And like, it might have like the stupid we're in love. We're going to get married at the end. We don't even know if they're going to get married. They're just going to like, just well, we learn that in the sequel. They, it's um, heavily insinuated. Yeah. The, yeah. The DVD sequel. But anyway, um, yeah, Matt, no, you're right. It, it Mulan is a strong outing that has not really received its due simply because of the class that it finds itself in because Lion King Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, are you know, the Little Mermaid are so iconic in and of themselves. It, it literally, it's like trying to get into a party with your own subwoofer when they've got like twelve fucking amps hooked up to like twenty other <laughs> subwoofers, just blaring. What kind of parties music. are you going to, Will? I'm just saying, man. It's like you're. Everybody little... brings a subwoofer to a party. <laughs> exactly, and that's the point. It's like board game night. Everybody be... bring your subwoofer. All right, I'm talking about a block party. <laughs> if you ever know a block party, they have whole competitions with dudes who roll up with like who's got the best speaker system in their car. Well, it, it seems it was stupid. Kid. It was stupid, but it was also really fun. Anyway, point is, that's how I feel about Mulan and why it doesn't really get as much shine. But when you compare it to Toy Story or any of the other like, you know, lower tier Pixar, you know, I gotta admit, yeah, Mulan's a better film. It it holds up, man. It's timeless. And Maybe it's like the music that put yeah, it over the edge. Yeah, it's I think got that my might be part of it. Song, That's the biggest. Well, thing. more than the Randy Newman music, dude. Way Randy more Newman than... went crazy on that first Toy Story. Oh. He had three songs. Yeah, yeah. The Buzz Lightyear trying to fly thing. His voice literally no. ruins that scene for me. Can't be true. <laughs> I I want. Like a bird in the sky. <laughs> I believe I, I can, can fly. fly. I can fly. Da, 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 oh, da, man. Da, 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 really? Da, 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 as a kid, as a kid I what is that? Mommy, no. That's not singing, Mommy. That's not singing, Mommy. <laughs> no, I and also love strange the things. That's one of... Yeah, dude, strange things. Strange things. Oh, yeah, that's a good song. Yeah. That's all right. right. Yeah, it's like that's that track slaps hard, as the kids say. It's all right. That's like it's going to be your catchphrase. It's about as far as I'll go. I'm not going to lie to you. You got a friend of me is as far as I'll go. The other songs. Yeah. Okay, that's okay. But um, uh, Zach, what were you going to pick? Um. Oh my gosh, it was really hard because like watching Mulan today, I was definitely like, okay. I could see this. I could see this holding its own again against uh, Toy Story. I mean, I feel like I need to give it to Toy Story just for what it did for cinema and for Pixar as a whole. Like pity vote. Yeah, why not? Well, no. I mean, I was planning on doing it anyway. I mean, 
the first Toy Story is still, I think, my favorite Toy Story just because of all those iconic moments. The Randy Newman tracks, the it just it just feels them like flying. Well, yeah, them flying. It, it feels it feels great as just a standalone thing that's not like a part of some bigger, bigger, weird uh, thing. It's like the first Iron Man movie where it's just all right. Cool. I'm on a fun Iron Man adventure with uh, with Jeff Bridges. <laughs> and See, which doesn't become fun towards the end. It doesn't. It makes you sad when you find out Jeff Bridges is the bad guy. And then Much like same in Tron, same. when we found out that Jeff Bridges was the bad guy in Tron. You guys want to hear something funny? Just for once again, we're just dropping all kinds of hot takes. But the funny thing is, is I'll say the same thing. I actually think Shane Black's Iron Man 3, I've rewatched them again. And like, I didn't like Iron Man 3 the first time I saw it. I did not like it at all. Actually, I actually think like Iron Man 3 might have been my favorite Iron Man. That's what I was yeah, going to say. That's I my like favorite it. Iron Man. Iron Retrospect. Man 3 is my favorite one. So like, even Iron Man 1, as great as iconic as it is, it launched the MCU. They've just they've made better movies since then. Um you know, well, but anyway, we're not here to we're not here to talk about those movies. <laughs> That'll be on the uh, the Marvel versus DC. Oh cinematic God, bracket. we could actually do a Marvel Universe bracket once we get. That yeah, I'd rather a Marvel Universe bracket because DC is fucking awful. So if we yeah, just... you thought that you thought that Pixar was beating out Disney hard. I mean, hold on, Zach. <laughs> imagine... I wanted to bring that up. So our winners so far since we've been doing this podcast, it was Pixar, Pixar, Pixar. Pixar, Pixar, Disney, 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 Disney. It's five to four. Oh, so Disney's been winning them out. Wait yeah. a minute. So this is the fourth? No, it's this is the fourth Disney win, but the ninth oh. episode. Yeah. Oh. oh, wow. So they're almost. And has that been consecutive? Yeah, it was basically five straight Pixar's. And then four straight Disney movies. Man, then, I should have lobbied harder for Toy Story. <laughs> and then oh, we man. got uh, Toy Story I, 2 versus The Lion King. Man. Toy Story 2 versus The Lion King? Awesome. The next one. I'm a bit bummed that my favorite Toy Story film is, is out of the running. It happens. I guess, well, I guess uh, Toy, Toy Story 1 will go sailing no more through this bracket. <laughs> As Mulan has has brushed it back with the force of a raging river. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on this episode of the Great Movie Showdown. Uh, this was oh my gosh, this was an emotional roller coaster. We went on some rides. We went on some yeah, up. We, we went on some downs, and for some people, you probably ended it with a frown. But we hope that Oof. won't stop you from joining us next week when we face off. What are we facing off now? Toy Story 2 versus The Lion King. We got another heavyweight matchup. Man, those are the ones that start to make me like feel sad, those Toy Stories. Yeah, dude. Because they remind you that time is fleeting. Sarah McLaughlin, dude. She yeah. just the first going. Toy Story, you don't have that like fleeting time moment, but the second and third one, you do. Oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if Sarah McLaughlin can overcome the death of Mufasa, though. I don't see her doing that. I, I, I can't. I'll rewatch it. I'll do my due diligence. I'll give well, it. Well, Mufasa's day. Darth Vader, and Darth Vader's a bad guy. So I feel wow. like don't you disrespect James Earl Jones like that. I feel like Lion King is just on a pedestal where, like, it's on like Citizen Kane level. Yeah, where we just look back at it, and it's just like, oh, it's the perfect movie, and there's really nothing we can say about it. 
Yeah. There's really not. I'm going to have a hard time really trying it's to. It's going to be like a 15 minute podcast. Yeah. Well, also, <laughs> I think uh, after this episode, don't we have a special bonus episode coming out? Do we want to we talk about that? Do. Real quick? At some point, or maybe it actually did come out. I'm not a part well, of it. Well, it's going to, for the sake of uh, ease of whatever, I'm going to say it's coming out after this episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, Nice Guys versus that other movie. Inherent Vice. Yeah. Matt Matt had to watch a football game, so he game. didn't want to be in that episode. Yeah. So uh so our buddy Blake Smith comes back to uh talk about his one of his favorite movies, Inherent Vice, and we compare it to Nice Guys. Two fun uh, neo noir dramas. Um detective stories, one well, I guess five. dramatic comedies. Yeah, right. Buddy cop comedies, kind of, if you want to whatever compare whatever relationship Joaquin Phoenix and Josh Brolin had versus Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe. Um yeah. yeah, you could do that. That's a fun one. It was a lot of fun because Blake definitely gives me the goods every time. He and I just pull out just full stop nerd talk. We do that <laughs> deep. Gives me the goods, pulls out. Oh God, I'm excited. I haven't pull even li- listened to this one. Yeah, I didn't want to make it too sexual, but honestly, Matt, I kind of cheated on you with Zach and uh, and Blake at the same time. Oh. Exactly. Like, well, anyway, we should probably wrap this episode up because it's been going on long. It's enough. like two hours. Check us out on the Great Movie Showdown on Twitter. Tell us you like the show. Tell us you hate the show, or kill ourselves if you don't like the show. And um, we should have a poll: like, which character, which host do you want us to get want to get killed off or something? Oh Please let goodness. it be me. I want some hate mail. I want. Some, I feel like you've made it once you get like hate mail or like a lot of negative comments. It, it's like that stupid Eminem quote: "Oh, you have haters. That means you stood up for something." <laughs> Alrighty. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us. We're gonna start fading out now. This has been a nice throw production. Nice throw, Matt. <laughs>